Hello, and welcome to The Final Mix, the podcast where we take a deep dive into classic albums and analyze them track by track. I'm Jeremy Boyd, and I've been a music geek since I was a small kid. If you're a fan of music like I am, join me as we listen together to a classic album. Hi, welcome to The Final Mix. I'm Jeremy Boyd. Uh, This is the second episode. Uh, I really enjoyed the first episode, uh, listening to Talk Talk. The album was The Color of Spring. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. I enjoyed the process of going through the album, and I'm really looking forward to uh, going through another album. And uh, I'm actually kind of excited to see if it's an album that I don't know. I, again, I don't know the album that I'm going to be listening to. That's what I'm doing right now, is I'm going to find that out. Uh, but I'm I'm really curious to see if it's going to be an album that I've I don't know or that I I have never heard of, or a band that I've never heard of. That's really the exciting part about doing this show, is discovering new music. I really am of the belief, I've heard studies that uh, say that you really, as you get older, you really only listen to the music that you grew up with, or that you were a teenager, and really around about the age of 25 is when you stop really discovering new music. I don't want that to be the case for me. I want to keep discovering new music, I want to keep discovering new sounds and textures, I want to hear new bands, and I want to keep on top of this. And that's something that I, I think I've fallen a little behind with because I was of the mindset that I only want to hear the music that I grew up with. And I'm t- kind of getting out of that. I'm getting, not getting bored with that music, but it's like I... I'm now kind of craving something new. And uh, doing the first episode of this show has kind of awakened that in me. And I want to uh, explore that a lot more. So I'm actually, uh, whatever album comes up, I'm going to listen to it. But uh, hopefully it will be an album that I don't know. So uh, without further ado, let's hit the button and see what album... I'm going to be listening to this week. Okay, cool. This is actually something that is actually really cool. This is from the 1950s, and it's going to be Little Richard and his album, Here's Little Richard. That's so cool. That's so cool. I'm not that familiar with... Um, stuff from the 50s and it's important I think to know where music came from it's important to know where music came from and where it's going you have to know the history you don't have to like the music but I think if you're a music fan it's important to know the history especially the fact that rock and roll was started by uh, black musicians and um, I know Elvis gets a lot of credit and I think Elvis is very important because he was the ambassador of rock and roll and he sort of bridged the gap between uh, black artists and white artists or white fans and uh, allowing people like uh, Little Richard and Chuck Berry and Fats Domino 
to be able to have top 40 hits. I don't think without Elvis sort of breaking through with the music, I don't think those other people would have had the success that they had. So you can now you can sort of say that, well, Elvis was ripping off the black artists. He was uh, cultural, culturally appropriating black music. But I don't think that without I'm sure someone else would have come along. But without Elvis, Elvis, for whatever reason, was the guy without Elvis, those artists would not have had the success that they had. So um, but it's important to uh, recognize those people as well so uh so let's get into here's little richard okay so it's uh his debut album so it was released in 1957 it's his debut album and um it's got a lot of songs that you would know um it's got tutti frutti which is uh, a song that i knew as a kid i grew up with that song and and um uh, yeah, I, I I remember it being on like Sesame Street or something. Uh, the singles from it are Tutti Frutti, Long Tall Sally, which I know uh, the Beatles have covered. Actually, Paul McCartney has a really great uh, voice for uh, it can almost imitate Little Richard. It's really cool to hear that. Um, I know the Beatles covered that a song and uh, Ready Teddy is a song that I know and Rip It Up. Uh, so I actually do know quite a few songs on this album, although I don't think I've necessarily heard them in this context. And the, in the 50s, albums weren't really albums the way we think about them today. Albums were really more like a collection of songs. And we're just going to go into the studio and record a bunch of songs. And it wasn't really until the late 60s, early 70s that uh, albums became an entity onto themselves. You didn't really have concept albums in the 50s. So uh, this isn't really a concept album. It's not really uh, an album that has uh, like a cohesive sequence with a narrative, and you listen to it from from beginning to end. Um, And there's like an overall story uh, telling that's going on with the album that isn't really what this is this is really more a collection of songs including the hit singles and its uh, purpose really is to uh, get out there and to sell as much uh, product as you can but um, it's cool it's uh, it's a it's a, a very important piece of history and uh, so I think without further ado I'll talk a little bit more about the album as we go, but uh, I think uh, what we're going to do is we're going to get into the first song, which is Tutti Frutti. cool uh yeah that was so cool um it it really just uh, this music is such a cool um time capsule and i love this kind of music i grew up my the first artist that i really um really connected with at a very very early age like three or four years old was elvis presley 
So whenever I listen to music from the 1950s, it reminds me of, uh, you know, hanging out with my grandparents and uh, listening to Elvis records and watching old footage of him on uh, on Ed Sullivan. I know this isn't Elvis, but it reminds me of that time. And it reminds me of uh, just being a very, very small kid and just, you know, discovering the world, really. Tutti Frutti, uh, it's such... The song, I think it captures that um, it's almost punk rock. It's got that high energy. And I feel like a lot of the time uh, in the uh, er, late 60s, music kind of became a little more, I think it's probably when acid started to happen and people started to uh, take LSD and started to uh, mellow out a little bit. The music kind of lost a little bit of that enthusiasm, and it lost a little bit of the, uh, I don't know, the innocence and the uh, energy that it had. This song has is such a fast song, and it's it's so um, upbeat and uplifting. It's it's really uh, really something. Um, I I just I love it. I absolutely love the, this song. And um, I think I'm going to really love this album. And uh, it's really, uh, I love this album in, in such a different way than I loved uh, Talk Talk. And that's what I love about music. It, it no Whatever the music is, it puts you in such a good mood. Um, so uh, I'm so excited. Let's go to the second song. Uh, by the way. Uh, the one thing I, I thought of while I, was, while I was listening to that that I wanted to mention was that Richard Penniman is Little Richard's real name. And he wrote actually most of these songs, uh, which is really cool for uh, someone of that era. A lot of the time in that era, you would have you, you the your producer or whoever was looking after your records would go to Tin Pan Alley, and which is... Um, like a songwriting institution and you know you would go there they would ha- really literally have songwriters working nine to five and writing songs for the purpose of um being hit singles so your producer would go to tin pan alley get a collection of songs he's okay get this musicians in the studio say okay these are the songs we're going to record and the singer would come in they would sing the song they would leave and that's how the business worked uh, so it's really interesting to see that uh, Little Richard is actually writing a lot of these songs himself. Not all of them, but a lot of them he's writing himself. So I just I just think that that's uh, really really cool. Uh, so this the second song is called uh, "True Fine Mama." Here we go with that one. <laughs> Another great rock and roll song. Um, it's cool. I I wasn't expecting a, a fade out. I don't know why, but I always feel like when songs fade out, that was really a thing of um, like the 70s. That was a, a, 
something that they really did in the seventies. I didn't really, I'm not shocked or anything, but I, it kind of surprised me that, uh, you would hear a fade out, uh, on a song from the, from the 1950s. Uh, the, the whoever is playing drums, I'm, I'm looking this up right now. Don't worry. I'm looking it up. Uh, who's playing drums? Uh, Earl Palmer, whoever's playing the drums. Uh, oh, he didn't play. He didn't play drums on that. Uh, song who did play drums on that song Charles Con no Oscar Moore okay okay whoever is playing these guys Oscar Moore Earl Palmer whoever they are great drummers really great drummers um the the thing that I love about uh early rock and roll and you can hear it in um a lot of the 60s stuff too uh, Ringo does it is they play with a swing Drummers don't seem to play with a swing anymore, and I, I love that sound. And what I mean by if you're if you're not a musical person, you don't know what I'm talking about. Basically, what when uh, everyone has their own sense of rhythm. If you have ever been to a concert, and the artist gets the audience to clap along, if you listen closely, not everybody is clapping all at the same time. Uh, some people are a little early, some people are a little late, and some people are pretty close to right on. But for the most, for but you can hear the the sound of the clap happening happening uh, before, on, and after the beat. So uh, when you play, so and so every drummer has their own sense of rhythm. It's just you know no human is perfect. No human is ever going to be perfectly on beat. It just it's just just not going to happen. You can be very good and be very close, but no person is going to be exactly 100% on beat every single time. So what I'm loving about listening to this music that was recorded in the 1950s before computers were even a thought uh, to be in the studio is you had real people real musicians playing all of the the instruments every single sound that you hear was created by a human being playing either strumming the guitar being on the on the piano or blowing into a horn it was created by a person and the the thing that i immediately noticed is the drummer is playing with a swing and what that means is the drummer is playing a little bit behind the beat, just a little bit, just holding down on that backbeat. And it sounds so good. And um, the problem is drummers don't really do that anymore because of technology, because of the way that engineers work now is if a drummer is a little bit off the beat, they'll just um, they'll just correct it. They'll go into Pro Tools and just fix it and make sure, it, put it on a grid and, and make sure that it's lined up exactly on the beat. Which is a little disappointing, but uh, that's you know that's just the way uh, music is recorded these days, uh, and it's it's but it's so cool to hear people playing music, and you I'm I'm realizing now how much I miss that and how how often I don't really get to hear that. So look, uh, the thing is a lot of these songs on this album are going to be very similar to each other because it is just a collection of, of songs. But, um, I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate the drummer 
uh, who whoever the whoever is playing the drummer, whether whether it's Earl Palmer who plays on most of these songs, or someone else, uh, there's a reason that they were hired to to be on this album, and it's because the they're the top of the game, and um, they they're the people who have to be the best of the best musicians because this uh, this music is going to have to sell. <laughs> That's what it is. So um, I just wanted to uh, take a moment and appreciate the drummer and what he was doing. Okay, so uh, let's get back to the uh, next song. The next song is uh, I Can't Believe You Want to Leave. <laughs> cool title. I can't believe you want to leave When you know Okay, a slower blues number there. Um, I love that song. I I want to take a, a, a minute just to uh, recognize another musician, the saxophone player. Who's playing sax? I want to know. I want to know. Uh, tenor saxophone, Lee Allen. Um, good stuff. Really good stuff. Just a, a an amazing solo in the middle there. The saxophone was just uh, just so tasty <laughs> um it was amazing and um again it sounds like musicians in the room playing um the thing that i've noticed a lot a lot of these songs are pretty short uh they none of them are over two none of them are over three minutes long all of them are under three minutes um so it's a very short album, but it, there's 12 tracks on it, but the, but it's a very short album. And uh, <clears throat> But what I can hear is um, I can actually, a lot of these songs, I can hear bands like a bar band or something jamming on this song. So maybe the studio version is two minutes, but I can hear uh, a band stretching it out to like a 10-minute jam or something like that. So these songs are very... Uh, very easy for a band to play they're very and they're fun so i can see uh like a, a blues band getting into this music and just kind of like just expanding on it and jamming and stretching it out and uh yeah that's uh that's one of the cool things about 50s music is it's and i think it goes back to again it's musicians playing is you know you have people uh it lends itself to being able to uh to to uh you know for for a band to pick up and uh to to carry it out and and to you know play it live and and uh it's it's just so cool to uh, to hear that let's go to the next one uh ready teddy i think i might know this song it sounds familiar i don't know but uh, let's take a listen ready teddy Ready, set, go, man, go. I got a gal that I love, so I'm ready.
Well, of course I know that song. Uh, it's been in so many music documentaries. Uh, no wonder I, I recognize the title. I'm ready. Yeah, uh, that's all. Um, God, man, th- I'm. This is bringing back so many memories and uh, such a uh, it's such feel good music. Uh, how can anybody not like this music? Um, man, this is such a cool, uh, cool experience for me. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just so glad that I got to re it's one thing to discover new music. It's quite another to rediscover music that you haven't heard, um, in a long time. And I, uh, I just absolutely love this. I want to shout out the producer. The producer is Bumps Blackwell. Great name. Uh, Robert Bumps Blackwell. Um, was an American band leader, singer, songwriter. Okay, so he produced quite a few people like Ray Charles, Quincy Jones, uh, Lloyd Price, Sam Cooke. Um, so he's a big deal. <clears throat> so I guess he got his start doing um, rock and roll records with Little Richard. Uh, yeah, so the production of, for 1957, the production on this album is really clean and clear and crisp. Uh, it's really... Uh, clear like it's it's almost sounds like uh like the drums are are recorded really well and it, i know they don't they didn't multi-track drums in these days because they they only had uh may, they might have had quarter inch tape but i know they only had uh, uh like four tracks to to work with so you're only you only have one microphone on the on the drums and this is me kind of nerding out right now but uh, you, the the fact that the drums and everything is coming in so crisp and clear, when a lot of stuff from the fifties doesn't, uh, that's really telling of the producer and the engineers. That uh, you can tell they put a lot of thought and care into uh, recording this stuff. Okay, so let's go to the next song. It's called Baby. <laughs> It seems like all these songs are fast and, and you know, jumpy. Uh, that's the best way that I can describe it. These songs are very jumpy. Um, they kind of, they, they hop. I, I don't really know what else to say about it. Um, this is, was sort of, I, I was expecting um, a slower song with the title Baby, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. This was... Uh, it was cool. It was it was very cool. I loved. Um, again, the musicians are great. Uh, Little Richard. Uh, let's talk about Little Richard for a bit because uh, it's his album, and I feel like we haven't talked about him. His voice is so rock and roll. He's got that like growl almost, that raspy kind of um, R and B kind of soul music. Uh, just that voice, that really great. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. I guess it's d- distorted a little bit. It's so cool. It's so great. And uh, so many other people have, have imitated that. Obviously, Paul McCartney. But I think people like uh, Rod Stewart and uh, 
people like him, maybe, uh, you know, um, Paul Rogers, certainly when he was in free imitated that voice. And I'm not saying that little Richard was the first person to sing like that ever. Um, but I'm, what I'm saying is I'm, there's, it's no surprise that he has influenced so many different, uh, artists in terms of not only songwriting, but his playing and his, uh, singing style. Uh, so many people who came after him started singing like that. And it's, it's so cool to listen to where that came from. So, uh. So I just, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about Little Richard uh, in a moment. But let's listen to the song that I know because I'm a Beatles fan and I know the Beatles have covered this song. No, I I keep getting ahead of myself. Uh, Slipping and Sliding, Peeping and Hiding. That's the song that we're going to listen to. I thought it was Long Tall Sally Kona, but no. It's Slipping and Sliding, Peeping and Hiding. Uh, (laughs) That's quite the title. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's listen to it now. Slipping and sliding, peeping and hiding. All right, another um, another long fade out at the end. That was cool. Uh, I like this song uh, so much. Um, again, it's just uh, <laughs> it sounds like every other song on the album, but that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing because it's a little Richard and it's fun. And uh, these songs are again, like I said, they're jumpy and they're cool and it's interesting and it's it's awesome. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about too was his piano playing. Little Richard's piano playing is very interesting. You can kind of compare it to Jerry Lee Lewis, I guess. It's that kind of high on the high notes kind of thing. He always said that he wasn't very good with the left hand, but the right hand is where the magic was. <laughs> so uh, that's very true. And he's he his solos in, in piano were so good. Um, he was such a, an amazing piano player. And uh, he's as good as anybody. And he could play any kind of thing. He could play like a like a 50s rock and roll thing or a ballad, some blues. He was so uh, good as a piano player and I don't think he, he gets credit but I don't think he gets quite enough credit I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves for uh, for starting all that okay so now now we're going to listen to Long Tall Sally which is a song that I know because the Beatles covered this song I always knew that it was a Little Richard song I love the Little Richard version I love the Beatles version um, this is actually a song I know really well so let's listen to Long Tall Sally. Gonna tell that Mary about Uncle John. He claimed he has a music, but he's having a lot of fun, oh baby. Yes, baby. Woo, baby. Having me some fun tonight. Yeah. Well, Long Tall Sally, she's a beautiful species guy. Everything that I 
Okay, Long Tall Sally. Um, so I was just reading a little bit about the song and uh, on on Wikipedia here, but uh, apparently this song was actually a couple of the lines actually was written by um, a little girl. So the story goes, uh, so the the producer was introduced to a by uh, to a little girl by Honey Child, who was a disc jockey in the nineteen fifties. And the little girl had written a song for Little Richard uh, to record so she could play the treatment for her ailing Aunt Mary. That's very sweet. So she wanted to write a song to make her Aunt Mary feel better, who was apparently dying. And a couple of the lines from the song were, saw Uncle John with Long Tall Sally. They saw Aunt Mary coming, so they ducked back in the alley. That is, uh, I don't know what little girl could come up with that, but that's so cool. Um, and I didn't know anything about that at all. Uh, that's such a cool thing, um, and it's very cute. And uh, I, I'm, maybe it's true. I don't Maybe she did see uh, Uncle John with long tall Sally. Um, yeah, this, I mean, what can I say about this song? I mean, it, it, it's been covered by uh, so many artists. The Beatles, of course, probably had the most popular cover. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's uh, probably because of that, it's my favorite song on the album so far. Um, so, yeah, so it's a, it's a Beatles, it's a Beatles thing, you know? Uh, so, uh, Let's go to the next one. Let's hear uh, Oh Why. No, Miss Anne. I keep doing that because on Spotify, it, it highlights the, the next song. after It goes to the next song and it's highlighted. So I keep thinking that's the song I just heard. So uh, the next song is Miss Anne. Let's do it. You know, I, I think I've, I, I don't want to keep repeating myself. Um, so I, this song is a lot like the other songs on the album. and But I, I'd like to talk a bit about the album first, if I could. It's it. This is the debut album, and it was released on uh, March 4th, 1957. The amazing thing about this album is that it was his... Uh, highest charting album and i think this is probably the album that he had the most hits from basically what this uh album is the way that it would work in the 50s is you didn't really record albums like you do now you would record singles and he had a lot of hit singles before this album even came out people weren't really buying albums you know teenagers weren't in the 50s the albums they although they existed like this obviously but they weren't the ones that sold it was always about the singles sell the singles sell the singles sell the singles now it's it's the opposite but uh or maybe it's getting back to that but uh for a while there it was albums and uh because 1957 is quite late uh, in his career to be having a, a debut album. So it's interesting to see like 
this album is, although it's his debut, it's not, it's far from the first time anybody had ever heard of Little Richard. Uh, so I think that's a little, it's an interesting insight to it, the way the music industry actually worked uh, in the 1950s. But uh, anyway, let's uh, go back to the album, and this song is called uh, Oh Dream Now was arrested, charged with a crime. You've got to plead innocent, cause darling, you're not mine. Oh, why? Why should it happen to me? great song you know um i love that it's a little slower it's a little bit more of a breakup song um it's about cheating about taking someone else's girl you know you know the usual kind of uh 50s (laughs) rock and roll song um yeah it's such a cool song again the musicianship is top notch uh whoever's playing bass is locked in really tight with the drums which is really something um, you can tell that these guys maybe played a lot together. So the, you kind of hear the musical language between being spoken between the musicians in the band. So that's really cool to hear that. Um, yeah. Such a, a, a really, uh, really fun sort of album. I want to keep moving along because uh, I don't want to take up too much time here. We're, uh, so the the uh, next song is called Rip It Up. I think I'm pretty sure I know this song. Uh, it's been on a lot of movies, I think, if it's the song that I'm thinking of. But uh, yeah, here we go. Rip It Up. Well, it's Saturday night and I just got paid. Fool about my money, don't try to save. My heart say go, go. Have a time called Saturday night. Now I feel fine. I'm on a rock it up. Yeah, Rip It Up. Uh, That's definitely the song that I was thinking of. Um, Oh, you know, this these songs are staples in in my life, and they're they seem to be everywhere. They're being put in movies, uh, TV shows, but I don't know if many people really know the references when when they come up. Um, I know I certainly don't. And when I ever, whenever I discover something like this, where it's referred to in, in different, uh, TV shows and movies and so on, uh, I'm always sort of pleased with myself that I now, like now that I, now I know, uh, where that reference comes from, if that makes any sense. Um, so, you know, the, these, <laughs> these songs are so cool. They're so cool. And, uh, yeah, I just love 1950s music, and I, I didn't, I forgot, I guess, how much I uh, I really loved this music. So there's only two songs left uh, on the album. It's a sh- it's 12 songs, but I, like I said, it's a short album because all the songs are short. Uh, so the, the, the next song is called Jenny Jenny. I love songs with a girl's names in the title. I don't know why, but it always works. So... <laughs> Uh, Jenny, 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 won't you come along with me? Jenny, 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 Jenny,
Jenny Jenny um great song uh, he repeated the name a lot <laughs> um but again you know it's it's just uh I'm getting to the point where the, this album is a lot to listen to front to back I'm gonna be honest with you there's not much I can say that I haven't said already about this album but again like I said it wasn't really designed for that it was designed to be a collection of singles and a lot of these these singles sound the same. That's not a like I, I keep saying that's not a bad thing because, you know, every artist has a style, and uh, especially in the 1950s, you would kind of more or less stick to that style with all your songs. So I'm not blaming Little Richard at all for all of his songs sounding the same because it's the same musicians, same writers, um, it's, you know, same producers. But uh, it does get a little tedious to. Uh, to listen to the album from start to finish. I'm finding that right now uh, because a lot of the songs are very repetitive. So maybe an album like this doesn't really lend itself to be listened to front to back. Maybe it's one of those things where you can just ha listen to one or two songs at a time. That's not a bad thing. It's just... Uh, that's just the uh, the purpose that the album serves and that's totally totally okay so let's go and listen to the last song called she's got it and that's i hope she's little got it. girl that lives down the street some people think she's square but i say she's sweet you can see her every day scrolling up and down the way looking so pretty and this is what i say she's got it oh baby she's got it Cheeks and she's no square, she's got it. Oh, baby, she's got it. Oh, baby, she's got it. I can't do without her. Yeah, she's got it. She certainly does. Um, okay, so overall impression of this album is there's a reason it's called Here's Little Richard because Here's Little Richard. It's not really an album with any, like I said, anything really s structured in mind. It's an album that is just a collection of songs, and it's like, okay, you want Little Richard? Here he is. This is his. This is what he's all about. I, I that's charming, and I'm I'm so grateful, and I'm so glad that I rediscovered this music uh, because I haven't heard it in a long time. Um, I just absolutely re fell in love with this all this great stuff. And it's so cool to hear it. I'm glad that uh, this album came up today because I think I really needed um, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what else I can say about this album. If you're going to listen to the album, it's it's not something you could listen to front to back. I think it's something that it doesn't really lend itself to that. Like I said, there's no ballads on it. There's no dip in, um, like, there's no uh, low point to bring it back up again. Like, it, there, it doesn't seem like there's much much thought into putting the like the sequencing of the album it's just like here's a collection of songs here's here's the here's little richard uh so it kind of sounds like they just recorded a song and then okay that's the one that goes on the album didn't they didn't put much thought into 
what order the songs go in. But that's okay. That's totally okay. I mean, that's that's uh, that's what the what albums were up until about nineteen sixty four, sixty five. Uh, but that's okay. That's that's uh, there. That's the way the music industry w- was run for a very long time. So anyway, thank you so much. Uh, I want to end the podcast there. Thank you so much for listening if you've made it this far. Uh, I hope I'm getting better at these. I'm having so much fun doing it. Again, if you want to drop me a line, you can go, you can send me an email to the final mix podcast at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to get in touch with me if you want to suggest something or just say hi. Uh, that's probably the best way to do it and um yeah thank you uh, very much for listening i hope you all have a great week and i will see you next time take it easy mm-hmm.